Well, hey, everyone, welcome to this episode of Box Talk. I'm your host, Heather Hartman, editor of Box Pro Magazine, and I'm here with yet again a special guest. I've almost had 100 special guests. I can't wait for that moment to happen. But this this time I am sitting um, across from Brandon. And Brandon, can you go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. Like Heather said, my name is Brandon, uh, Brandon Cowden, and I'm the owner of CrossFit Grandview. Um, in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, awesome, Brandon. Well, hey, thank you so much for being here today. It's great to have you. Um, we were just chatting a little before the show about cold weather because it has just been cold. <laughs> it's just what it is. Um, you know, 60 degrees on Christmas and now it's like 19. Or you, it's like negative three with the windshield. Mm, mm -mm. Um, but Brandon, let's go ahead, jump in. I want to just hear your story. How'd you come into this industry? How'd you come to own a CrossFit gym? Um, you know, where did you come from and where have you gone to? Sure. So <clears throat> kind of leading into, I mean, going back a little bit further, uh, I got into just like working out and strength and conditioning through um, I went to a big high school. Uh, I started getting cut from sports, um, which I, I love sports. That was like my thing growing up. And I was small, I was skinny, and we're a big D1 high school and uh, started getting cut from baseball and basketball. And that that's like how I define myself. So, you know, through these sports and it really bummed me out. And I wasn't really academically talented either. So I didn't really have a lot of direction. And you know, I just kind of got into partying and things like that for a couple years. And then, um, but I still loved sports. And so senior year of high school, I kind of just got sick of it. And um, I felt like uh, people just didn't take me seriously. I was skinny and I was like, uh, I was a really late bloomer too. So I don't think I even hit puberty until I was almost 17. So I was like really far behind, like like physically. And then, uh, so senior year, I started working out and uh, pretty quickly started to see some, um, you know, good results. And it kind of became my thing. I started getting really into it. And uh, freshman year of college, I went and tried out for a branch campus baseball team, made the team, had a good season. That kind of fueled the fire to keep working out because I'm like, okay, this is, I'm starting to get back into it. And, uh, I transferred to uh, main campus at Ohio University and uh, had always been a big fan of boxing growing up. And uh, so I wanted to get really strong and fit for boxing and met a kid on the boxing team. And this is back in 2002, pre-CrossFit, who taught me how to do uh, cleans, snatches, um, power lift, all this cool stuff that ended up kind of being a part of, of CrossFit later on. and. Uh, so that kind of got me into strength and conditioning. Um, I got really into boxing, started coaching our boxing team by the end of, of college. So that got me kind of introed into coaching. And then I was a phys ed major. So that got me, uh, basically, it, I learned how to control big groups of kids and people, which ended up, I think, serving me well in, uh, you know, running an affiliate. So I learned how to control a big group of kids and I did the same thing with the boxing club. So when I graduated college, uh, the only thing that kind of stunk about being a phys ed major is there's no phys ed jobs anymore. So I was, I probably got two interviews in 
two years oh. out of college. And uh, when I, I remember in the waiting room, there was like 15 other guys that looked just like me, like waiting for their interview both times. And I was like, oh man, this isn't good. Um, so during this time I was sub teaching and I had got a job as a trainer um, at a small gym that was like a, it was like a baseball hey, school. Brandon Hall a minute. Yeah. Um, sorry, I, lo I lost you. You had said you were waiting in the waiting room, 15 other people, they all look just like you. Yeah, so I was waiting in a waiting room, waiting for um, my job interview, and there was like 15 other guys fresh out of college that looked just like me. So I was like, oh man, this isn't good. And, you know, I had mediocre grades. Like there was nothing that really popped out where I was gonna like, I wasn't an all-star student or anything. And I'm like, this is not good. Um, there's like one phys ed teacher for a whole school and not like 20 of them. So it's like, I might have to look for a different line of work. So I was, I started training um, right out of college to make ends meet while I was substitute teaching. So I would substitute teach during the day and then I would train in the evenings. And, uh, you know, I was working about 70 hours a week while I was doing that. Uh, you know, during that time, um, so I linked up with a guy named Ralph Hicks, who uh, it was a baseball school that he ran. And um, I, when I was in college in boxing, I had uh, discovered CrossFit online. So this is back in like 2005. I'm 37 now. So this is in, in college. It's a long time. This is before boxes and, and gyms. And I'd found it through a forum where uh, people were actually trashing it. There was like, oh, CrossFit's stupid or it's silly. Um, it was like this uh, fighter strength and conditioning forum. And I didn't even know what it was. And it was only out in California at the time, I think. And uh, so I, I looked into it. And I'm like, I don't think this is stupid or silly. This looks really cool. <laughs> Nicole Carroll, um, I remember seeing a video of her beating this like MMA fighter at like one of the old level ones, I think when they did like three day, uh, three-day level one she beat him in like this overhead squat contest and I knew who the guy was and he was like he still fights in the UFC to this day he's a badass and I'm like it's a 120 pound girl beating like this 225 pound guy in this overhead squat contest this is really cool um so when I started training I started to intro some of the stuff that I was learning and, and talking to the other trainers about it um, one of which, and I'll get into this a little later, was uh, Graham Holmberg, um, who ended up winning the CrossFit Games. And uh, so, and this is in Columbus, Ohio. And so all of us were just kind of get, I used to think I sucked too, because I worked out with all these guys who ended up being like five, six time regional guys. And I just thought like, oh, this is just how everyone would be who tries CrossFit. And I was with like a big group of studs. Um, so long story short, though, we got into CrossFit training. We started training our clients using CrossFit. We hadn't got our level one. We we're just kind of like patching it together. Um, this is in like 2007, eight, nine. And uh, so leading into 2009, I saw there was a qualifier road, um, which was a gym close to us. And uh, there was a qualifier for the games. And uh, I told Graham, because we would always work out together. I'm like, dude, you should do this. Like, you're, you're really fast at these workouts. And uh, 
so we trained and then he ended up doing that regional and qualified for the games that year and did pretty well i think he got like 18th with a few months of like real serious training and uh shortly after that bill and katie um penninger who owned rogue were uh starting to transition their business out of they had owned the uh rogue it was a rogue was an affiliate and they were drop shipping equipment and they were getting out of the affiliate business and starting to get more into the equipment business and myself and graham would go over and buy rings and equipment for the gym that we worked at and uh, i noticed one day because we always thought the gym was cool we had dropped in and done some workouts there that like the gym was like it's just dead and the vibe was not good and uh, so we sent an email to bill like hey do you guys need a manager or something to like manage the gym it just something seemed like the there was only like three people in the class uh you know i don't know what's going on so he sent us an email back like 15 minutes later like come in here and meet me and uh basically we came in we met bill um he said hey you guys want the gym and like we didn't even know what to say we're like what he's like our lease is up in two months we've got i think they had eight or nine months left on a lease and they're just going to eat it and they're like, you guys can come in here, take over the gym. Uh, we'll give you a few months, buy the equipment. Um, Cause we're out of here and we're gonna have to eat this. So you guys can just take it over. Uh, wow. And I'm like, uh, like we didn't know what we were doing. I was, we were young. I was, I think I was 27 and Graham was 24, a couple years out of college. And uh, we're like, I had nothing to lose though. I'm like, oh, okay. So we had to go tell our boss it was a bummer because we really liked where we work. We're like, hey, we, you know, we're gonna take this opportunity and go over to Rogue and take over the gym. Um, so he was actually still there for about a month and he kind of showed us the ropes and they had a really good system in place, which was great for us when we were starting. They had like the the shell of a system, they had like a little intro onboarding type thing and how to run a class with like a warm, like a, a dynamic warm up. So it was really cool. And it was an upgrade from kind of what we were doing. Like it was almost like what you see in CrossFit classes. Now it was like a very organized uh, plan to everything that was going on. So it helped us get started, but we only had 14 members when we started. So it, we were, yeah, we we're bleeding cash. Um, so I think, you know, we were definitely uh, not profitable like our first month. Um, yeah. So we took the gym over. That was in December of 2009. So I've been in business over 10 years now. Um, Congratulations. Well, That's a big deal. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that first month, though, what was cool is we went from 14 to 40. So we did cover the bills. We weren't like, I don't think we didn't lose money that month. I we were able to like pay rent and do that whole nine. Um, went from 14 to 40 in that first month, which was pretty cool. Um, so that's kind of how we got started. Wow, what a story. I took yeah. some twists and turns that I did not expect. <laughs> from you being a late bloomer to buying this gym suddenly and without any idea that that was about to happen. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm kind of curious. Yeah, I'm kind of curious, Brandon, like, 
what what helped you make the decision to not simply just manage a gym but buy a gym like that's that's completely different like from like coaching and managing to buying something like what kind of led you to that decision and then how have you grown maybe as a business owner since then and how have you grown your business since you know those first those first few months of whoo <laughs> I don't think I have any words for it now um so it was basically an opportunity that was just like placed in front of me it wasn't a decision it wasn't like well I'd like to you know maybe manage a gym or own one it was we had a job we were essentially in a lot of ways we we ran we didn't run the gym that we were at but we kind of managed things um in certain ways but when we're offered this opportunity it's like hey you guys can take this gym over and own it it was just a shell of one they were gonna i think they were just gonna let it kind of go i mean I, they had actually tried to uh sell the gym to a previous owner and he tried to do it remotely and it didn't work. So someone else had that opportunity, took it for about three months and it fizzled, it didn't work uh, and they gave it up. Um, so I actually bought like the affiliate and the LLC off of another guy uh, named John back in 2009, yeah. Um, so basically it was like sink or swim. It's like, hey, you're gonna do this. Uh, and it was always a dream of mine. That was that was something that I wanted to do. After I trained for about two years, that was just something that was always in me. I was like, I want to own my own gym. I really think I'd like to do this. And it was it was definitely a plan that was fast tracked through uh, through that opportunity. Um, once I got that opportunity, though, it was it was probably the coolest thing um, for me as far as like it lit a fire inside of me i'd never worked that hard before at anything that i had ever done like i remember the first i mean it was the first year i remember getting up i'd never just been motivated to get up in the morning like i would just fly out of bed get to the gym i'd get there early in the morning i'd stay until like 10 o'clock at night every night for like a year i, I mean I was single. I just threw everything I had into it. I didn't know what I was doing, but I just kept trying. So it was, this was back before like Facebook was as powerful as it was. I'd actually made a MySpace for the gym before that. Um, but I knew social media was powerful. And so I made a Facebook page for our gym. I remember this is one of the first things I did. I made a Facebook page for the gym uh, and it was before Rogue actually had a Facebook. So it's, and it's still up there. It's Rogue Fitness CrossFit Gehanna. And uh, I, I remember Bill, like they made a Facebook shortly after and ours would populate first. And they're this, yeah. even then they were a big company and they were like growing. And he was like, hey, can you take that down? I'm like, man, I got a thousand followers on this. Like, so he let us leave it up and everything. But um, <laughs> so I got, we got a Facebook. I started, we started making videos and Graham could like make, videos pretty well in like a little windows movie maker and that got us a little traction so that was the first thing i mean we're making content like everyone does now back in 2009 so we'd make little highlights of the the gym of our workouts and we'd put them out and then my friends from high school were like hey what are you doing that looks really cool and that actually really floated us probably the first six months i got wow. probably 20 30 friends that I went from high school to come join the gym 
And uh, that was like, I mean, it was 30% of our membership early on, like just buddies of mine and people that I knew from high school. And that kind of helped get us over that hump and we got some traction from there. And uh, the early days, it was, it was still like the whole time we were at our initial location. So we were at the old original Rogue for two and a half, three years. And we topped out right around 100 members. Um, the month before we moved, we got a little influx, I think just because we had announced that we we're moving and people who lived in the area we we're moving to came over and joined. But we only had about, we maintained somewhere between like 85 and 100 members at that initial gym. Uh, when we moved from the uh, initial, um, rogue to our new location uh we grew fast like we put 100 members on in a month and a half wow so it was it was explosive it was explosive growth i wanted to move the gym as soon as i we had take taken it over i knew that the spot we were in somewhere in that area would really work well it's right in the middle of the city near campus um it's called grandview it's like a a burb of Columbus and then like Upper Arlington and then OSU campus all kind of trisect the one spot that the gym's in. So I knew the location was primed and no one was around there. And I'm like, if, if I don't get here fast, someone's going to get here. So, yeah. yeah. Dang. How, how did you guys handle that growth in a month and a half of those hundred members? That's a lot. Uh, yeah. Um, it wasn't <laughs> I like that. Uh, it wasn't yeah. super smooth and like there was, it's funny because back then, this is, that was 2012. I, I mean, I remember thinking we had it down and like, you know, we didn't know shit, you know, like we didn't know anything um, back then. Sorry for cursing, but um, yeah. It's fine. You're okay. good. <laughs> yeah, so we didn't know anything back then. Um, we onboarded people the same way we did at the old gym, which was typically limited to like five people a week would come in and we were, and we offered it at like three different times and there would be like 10 people in an intro class. It was just, it was wild. Um, and it was right after kind of like Reebok had got into it. So things were starting to really roll. Uh, growth was really explosive. Um, yeah, it was, it was, there was a lot of things I'd do differently now, but I mean, we made it work. Well, like, like what, like, like what, like what, maybe what something are some things you do, would do differently and what some things, what are some things that you actually do do differently than 2012 or when you started, you know, when you started with the gym? So back then the way we onboarded people was like a, uh, we did on-ramp classes. So it was, we offered them three times a day and it was like, you went through a cycle. So you had to go, you might be in a group of, you know, up to five people. We teach you the basic moves and we do a workout and it was quick. We do it in, in three sessions, cycle you through, and then you go into the group classes. Uh, now what we do, it's all one-on-one. -on -one. And uh, so it's personal training and then we mentor you through the first month. So we like pre-scale the workouts for you, like before you get into class, uh, you have a coach who's kind of like a concierge coach helping you through that first month and walking you through everything. 
Um, we also have assistant coaches in our class who uh, are really there for the newer people as well. So they'll kind of like hover around like the newer people the first month and really make sure they have everything dialed in. They feel comfortable. Mm. So we were, what, what was happening, I would say like in that, and I feel bad too, like thinking back on when we're just bum rushing in like, you know, 20 people a week, it was kind of sink or swim. Like you go through those intros and then you like, you're like thrown into like Saturdays. We like to do like a hero workout or something. And sometimes that would be like their first workout and they're in a class with like 25, 30 people and we're climbing ropes and running 800s and they just get melted. Um, that doesn't happen anymore. So. Yeah, I think there's a trend in the industry where that is trying not to happen anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's 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 what I've been talking to, like successful affiliates, like they are oftentimes more than not doing personal training one-on-one, getting people all set and, and, and moving off. Actually, one of my coworkers just started CrossFit and she's been going through and they've done one-on-one, like personal, small, I think there'd be like three, three people to a coach, small group sessions, like very tailored, very like, we're, we're making sure that you move really well. Um, yep. I feel like that is definitely the trend that I am seeing in the industry. So, I mean, it, it it's funny, like when you look back on it, you're like, yeah, it was just a wild time. Like, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Like that's the kind of intro I had was like, here, have a few sessions and then see ya. <laughs> so, I didn't even have that. I, I mean, I wish I would have had like, I would have been in an affiliate. Like I owned an affiliate before I'd even like really, I worked out in a class at Rogue. Like it wasn't even a class. It was like after hours with a coach, like, and they threw us through a meat grinder because we were like athletes that like were training at this other gym. Like I had no intro um, except like YouTube videos and trying to like, beat some time that Jason Kalipa put on a YouTube video that you threw up. Like that's, that was our intro to it. Like back in 2008. Um, it's so cool though. Now looking back, like I, I'm, I feel really cool, like really good about how we're teaching people now because they're picking up things in six weeks that took us six months, you know, wow. to figure out. So it's really neat to just mm -hmm. watch like, a proper progression through things rather than just like trying to figure it out, like watch a video and kind of do it on your own and all that. Type yeah. Of stuff. yeah. Do you think that that six weeks versus six months is because of that one-on-one -on -one or is it even like how you've even tailored like your coaching and working people through the actual movement progressions that's changed as well? All of the above for sure. So the, the one-on-one -on -one and then just the class progressions that will run through classes and, teaching people how to like Olympic lift and, you know, the proper way to do like a pull up and like how to build strength and even actually like progressing people into um, like knowing when to not throw them into like a kipping pull up, you know, having prereqs of like being able to do some strict ones and, you know, just telling people like, Hey, wait until you can do X, Y, and Z before we progress you to this. And then they've got like good habits and patterns and all that kind of going into it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah, it's interesting how that even evolves too. Yeah. Cause I remember they would, I feel like they would push you before you were ready back in the day. <laughs> They're like, ah, just try it. You're like, oh. <laughs> and we always did. And what was really cool when I, I came to Rogue, like 
Bill, like early on, he was doing a good job. And, and I think he had, he had trained under um, Doug Chapman a bit, who, uh, if you're familiar with him, um, runs Hyperfit. So like Julie Fouché's coach, and he was a mentor to me early on and really taught me a lot of just the right way to run like groups and an affiliate. And he had a, so he, he had an affiliate for 10 years. He, he recently shut it down and just does everything online, but he was, he was awesome. So he really taught us uh, a lot about the, he was way, I would say he was someone who was way ahead of his time. Like, so he was doing stuff in 2000 seven, eight, nine that became the norm in 2015, 16 type of, of a thing. So he was, he was a great resource for me to kind of lean on. Um, it's funny because the community was so small I'm in Columbus, he's in Ann Arbor. And like, so we just knew each other from being that close. We were in like the same regionals and things like that. And, you know, there was only, I don't know, a dozen gyms between us. So now there's you know 40 in columbus yeah now it's just crazy but um do you maybe could you maybe um highlight a thing or two that like you learned from like maybe doug or or from you know past i'll call them mentors um that like have really helped grandview to kind of grow and thrive yeah um a big one with doug was just the progression and how to teach like so it'd be like you know teach this before we work on this. So uh, our elements program, I believe, was passed down from Bill that was passed down from Doug. But, you know, teaching that Russian swing before you teach like Olympic weightlifting. So teaching that proper hip hinge. So just basic progressions. One thing that Doug really taught was uh, operational capacity. So just how to stack a room and organize things well. So what I see, and it's a huge issue with a lot of affiliates, coach will go out and they're just like, okay, grab bars and then grab some stuff and like find a spot. You can make a giant 5,000 square foot space real small with 12 people. I mean, you can take the whole thing up. If you don't know what you're doing as far as like how a room. He was excellent at organizing a room because it was the first affiliate I ever saw that was running consistent like 25, 30 person classes. And we definitely got there, you know, pretty quickly. Even at the old road, we were we were kind of bumping into that. And now consistently we we kind of run into that. Um Bill, a lot of it was just the organization of it. It was uh everything had a thought and a plan to it. So there was like a progression, like you went through like levels of training. Um, and we sort of have a system like that. We have like a, our elements, our all level classes, and then like it's it's called a level two, which is more or less like our comp program um, at our gym. Uh, and they kind of originated that way back then. And that was maybe, I think, sort of taken from CrossFit Seattle. Back in the early days, they had like a, it's almost like if you've if you've heard of the level method, like it's a new, like a new thing where you kind of progress through almost like belts. We've been doing that since I don't know, 2011, something. It's been a while. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, those, those are cool things. And actually it's interesting you talk about like or organization and even like 
class flow, basically. Um, I just uh, talked with uh, Joe from Eighth, Eighth Day Gym, mm -hmm. and he is all about organization and it's crazy but it, it just even hearing like okay that really plays into a great class experience and a great member experience like like you said like you can make 5,000 square feet real small with 12 people um and that can be super chaotic mm -hmm. especially if like you're a new member and you're trying to figure out stuff and like it's just scary even though you've had one-on-one -on -one sessions so um yeah i just think that's interesting that you bring that up because that's something else i've been talking about recently with affiliates so that's the biggest thing i've worked on with our, our coaching staff probably over the last six months is um organizing your room operational capacity uh, doing all the homework before your class starts. So all of our coaches have to be in there 15 minutes before class starts. You're eyeballing, you're looking and seeing how many people are going to be there. You're starting to, if you have, this class is starting to spill over. So we don't cap our classes. So if you're looking at like, oh, I thought I was going to have, you know, 15 people shoot, this is going to be a 30 person class. You're in there, you're eyeballing it, you can pivot on your warm-ups, teaching them how to pivot on their warm-ups, how to stack the rooms right. And uh, and then we have assistant coaches in most of our classes as well. So we get that ratio down to about, you know, 10 athletes to a coach. Somewhere in that range is ideal for us, maybe 15 when we have a really big class. Um, but that's what I've really been dialing in, especially we have a, a couple newer coaches and they're not newer, they've been coaching for a while, but they're from smaller affiliates and they'd coached where, you know, they typically had seven people in a class and a fairly good sized gym. They're just like, okay, hey guys, grab a box, grab a bar. It's like, you cannot do that here. Like that's not gonna get, that will not work. And they've gotten so much better at it and it's so cool. Like when I was on vacation, actually so I'm looking at like our Instagram and like looking at how they have the room stacked up and organized them like, all right, they're nailing it. So yeah, I, I'm like, everyone's like really getting dialed in with that. And then once you have that dialed in, the class just flows so much better. People want to know where to go and they want to be told where, what to do or like stand on your cone or like go to your X or be in your box or this. People want some direction. People don't like to walk into a gym and it's chaos. Like it makes people nervous, especially newer athletes. So, um, it's something that like uh, gyms like Orange Theories and F your F45s, they do an excellent job of. Like that's thought up of, you know, from way up top, like everything has a plan. Every, you know, every place that someone stands, like they know where they're going um, and we're trying to get there. So that's like mm -hmm. a big goal of ours is to like get that dialed in and that focus to where like everyone has like their spot they know where to go they know what to do yeah sorry you froze a little bit i was like and see. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um no you're fine um so so someone might be listening i feel like i might be listening and be like brandon see here's the thing is i'm not an organized person i don't even know where to start with sure. trying to organize my gym, let alone organize classes and get my coaches on board. Any advice maybe on how to start that? Because I mean, I'm sure every gym owner's uh, hope is probably to grow, to grow in class size, hopefully. Um, and, you know, maybe they have small classes now, but they might 
be having some big classes in the future or they you know they might be in the process of growing where uh, what maybe advice could you give to them on starting with that um operational organization mindset and, and getting the coaches and staff on board with that as well one is just meeting with your coaches so a lot of crossfit gyms actually i mean a majority of them a lot they don't meet with their coaches that often especially smaller ones and and i understand the dilemma because i was there early on but they don't have coaches meetings and they don't have meetings at all it's just like okay i found someone to cover the bookends of my day so now i'm not working 60 hours a week okay they've got it they got a key no one died no one's complaining cool they're covering the class like we're good to go. Like they're willing to do this. Uh, you have to develop your coaching staff. So a lot of it's just taking that effort and starting to like have a meeting, like evaluate your coaches. So go in there and give them feedback consistently. Um, you know, take their class often. Um, I take class every day. So I work out, it's not seven days a week, but Pretty much every day I'm in the gym, I'm taking the class from another coach. I'm not working out in the corner on my own. I'm taking the class and then, you know, I can evaluate right there. Um, I'm in the gym all the time. I'm watching coaches coach. We have quarterly reviews. We have weekly meetings and then we have biweekly like leadership meetings with uh, coaches who also evaluate other coaches. So we're getting consistent feedback. Um, and then just how to you know, more or less start that operational capacity. It's, it's not that challenging. It's get things in lines and rows, stack your room up and then get in there early. So don't fly in there two minutes before your class um, and then be like, okay, uh, shoot, I got 25 people in here. Be in, the, be in the room. I'm typically in the gym 30 minutes before I, I start coaching the class. I'm not winging warmups. I'll actually work on my warmup like that day or the night before. Um, and then if I have to pivot on it, I'm in there a half hour. I'm like, ah, this isn't going to work. And so it's just prep time. It's treating each class like it's an event. Like, so if you were running a seminar, it was an event. Like, that's how I treat my classes. There's going to be 35 people in here and they're all paying, you know, $170 a month to, to do this. This class is producing, you know, if I do the revenue, this is a, this is like a six or $700 class. If you like, you know, do the math, like that's an event. Like you shouldn't be aloof with that. Like this is a big deal. This is creating seven, 800 bucks in revenue for the gym. Um, put on a show and you better prep for it. Just like a, a nice restaurant. If you ever peek in at a nice restaurant before they're open, the chef is like, going over like what's going on with the team like here's what's going to go down today and we do that like once a week so we do that at the beginning of the week like i'm going over like the plan for the week with the whole team like this is what we're doing this week like be aware of this on this day um this is typically a big day this is a slow day stack your room this way start waves this way um, I know that's a lot and it's real general and, and all of that, but a lot of it's just putting the effort in and starting to come up with a plan and then just being very consistent and diligent with it instead of like, we're going to have a coaches meeting and we did that that one time and then ah, I'm busy this week and we're not going to do it next week. It's like that happens every week, like no matter what.
So mm -hmm. that would be my advice. Yeah. And I mean, I think it is easy, kind of what you're saying about getting aloof and maybe not planning, entering your class like an event. I think it's easy to do if you've been coaching for years and years and years and you're like, ah, oh, it's fine. It's old hat. I know what I'm going to do. Like, but I think you're right. Like to have that mindset of this is a $600, $700 event that's happening right now. I need to treat it like such and be professional. I think that's a good a good little nugget and a reminder, hopefully, to our listeners that, um, yeah, don't treat this like it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, you're good. You can do it. But just be even more an expert at it by planning and being prepared. So I think that's good advice, Brandon. I work, I work harder now. Probably, I would say, twice as hard now for every class than I did when I started. I thought I had it down early on. And then the longer I'm in this, the more I'm like, and the more I've experienced too and been around like really good coaches or like people who are like rock star performers. Like I'll go outside of CrossFit and go to like, um, you know, uh, uh, a spin class or like I've been to like studios in New York City where you have like these, they're like celebrity personalities like putting on a show. And you know, we you can say what you will about like the actual fitness that's going on in that class, but I'm like, this is wild like that was awesome like i don't see people performing like that and if i can take something like from that and, and bring some of that energy into uh you know coaching a crossfit class I, i'd say that's one thing that's really helped me is like getting outside and like trying to take that entertainment nugget you know what do they say inspire uh educate and entertain i don't know there's like a, a three i can't remember if that was it but like that is a huge component of it. And it's like a lot of people, they're not there to go to the games. Like they want to like, they're there for the vibe and the energy. They like, they want to feel yeah. like hyped up when they're training and not just like, eh, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, no, I, I think those are, I think those are good points and stuff that we need to think about, especially as, as this industry changes and CrossFit gyms are competing with all those boutique fitness studios out there that are putting on incredible shows no matter what the fitness is like people are loving it because they have a show to go to and they're being entertained kind of like what you said um yeah and brandon just just kind of wrapping up our time here um i always love to ask if you had to give our listeners affiliate owners one piece of advice today just one what would it be I don't know. One? I don't know about one. <laughs> some, people I, have to, like, some people I'm have workarounds. You're just kind of like blabbering on a lot today. Um, Fine. Just give me all the pieces of advice that you have. I'll give you a couple. Like, I, I, I have a few. So. <laughs> okay, great. I mean, I, I'm not going to deny you from giving advice. So I'll, I'll, I'll throw a couple in there that, that I think. One is just treat it, treat it like a job. Put the work in consistently year after year. Um, you're never going to have it down. And, and a lot of people, like I work with business coaches consistently, like right now I'm working with Stu Brower and like, I've worked with different business coaches. Um, and you know, some of them are selling like the, um, you know, have it turn into a business. So you're not working in the business. It's I've almost never seen one of these affiliates do real well when the owner pretty much puts it on the back burner 
and let someone else kind of run the show. I, I mean, just at least for multiple years, you have to put that work in and you have to set the tone and set an example um, every day for your, your coaches, even your GMs and all of that. Uh, so they want to work for you. Like if you're not that interested in the gym, they're going to, it's going to unravel pretty quick. Um, so treat it like a job. I mean, I put in, you know, I make sure I'm putting in my hours. Um, I'm in the gym a lot. Uh, another one is just be a client of the gym. Um, I, you know, early on I was competing and like, I would do like programming outside of like what we were like maybe putting out for like general membership. Um, but since I've just, taking classes and this has been over the last you know five or six years i just take our, our our general group classes every day i'm so much more connected to the membership the gym i can feel the vibe of everything because i'm just in it with everyone all the time i'm coaching it i'm doing it i'll take the early class now i know how it feels now i can coach it better um and then people I had a connection with them. They're like, oh, what'd you get on that workout? You know, and oh man, are your legs sore today after like what we did yesterday? And not like, well, no, I'm, I'm actually doing this like other program. And, um, you know, and, and then you kind of separate yourself from the gym in a, in a way if you're always doing that. And, and I understand like if you're competing and trying to, you know, I don't know, be Matt Frazier and, and, and the games, um, that's something you're going to have to do. But I'd say overwhelmingly, most people don't need to do that and they're they would probably be better served just training in their classes um it helps connect you to the gym um let's see i have another one is just being very consistent with what you do so being consistent with so we Oh, Brandon, hey, I'm losing I just lost you. Um, Sorry, I just lost you. Oh, hold on, you're still, you're still. Do a little interview with a member. Do you see me now? Just one second. Just let it like, it's almost there. Almost there. Oh, you're still frozen. Okay. Maybe. Sort of. <laughs> you come back and then you go away. Um, okay. Do you want to try it? Do you want to try talking? I, all I heard of the last part was um, be more consistent. Yeah, so. Um, example do um, what's called athlete of the week it's just a weekly highlight video of uh, a member so we do an interview um, do a highlight on that member shows them like training and just their whole it, it basically just gives their whole story and so we've ran that for I think four or five years consistently every week we don't miss weeks um, we started doing that and and then I, I saw it was cool. A lot of like local affiliates started doing it. And then I even saw like, I'd get emails from affiliates like out of state and they would, you know, they would ask me about it. And I, you know, I'd follow their gym and I'd see them do it for three or four weeks. Then it would like, 
they'd miss two weeks and then it would be gone. And mm -hmm. they just wouldn't. Uh, so that's just, that's an example. Um, we do uh, quarterly uh, social events and parties. So I'll like rent out a bar, we'll have everyone in. Um, we usually do them for like things like after the open, we do like a holiday one, we do a pool. Every single quarter, every single year without like, we never don't do that. So it's like a consistent thing that everyone looks forward to. Um, I'm consistent with uh, coaches development and feedback. So we have our quarterly meetings. Every quarter, we have our uh, our weekly meetings, and then we have our our biweekly meetings as well. So, and it's just stuff that you know we maintain and uh, we stay consistent with, and it's able to like help us really build. Um, you know, we build momentum with those things. Everything that worship and more attention. So through just being consistent with those things. And then my last bit of advice would be uh, identify your top 20% of your membership and really take care of them. So mm -hmm. what most businesses do, and it's something that I did for a long time, is you spent most of your time trying to make the, I would say like the bottom 20% were the people who maybe were like complaining or like, You'd have issues with trying to make them happy. And what I've started to do is try to flip that and work on really taking care of your top 20% because those are your biggest fans. Those are the people who are there for five, six, seven, eight years. They're the ones who are referring members. So take great care of them. They'll take really good care of you. And they'll they'll stay there and you can count on them. So I'm really that's something that I've really worked on, like in this past year um, is trying to really take care of my top 20 percent. Like if we get like new T-shirts in or something, you know, I'll uh, I'll try and identify some and maybe give someone a free shirt or a hat or, mm. um, you know, make sure I'm checking up on them and, and uh, you know, really making sure that they feel uh, rewarded for their loyalty. So yeah. yeah, that's something that like, I don't think is like real common advice, but something I'm really working on. I feel like it's really paying off. Mm. Yeah. I, the one other person I've heard say stuff like that is, um, Jay Williams with CrossFit Hale okay. and yeah. And two business. And he has this, this, um, mentality of, uh, taking members, your, those, those top members out to coffee and like asking them, what do they want? How are they feeling? What's going on? And he, he was saying like, find, identify those, like your top five to 10 members. And, and you're going to want to make more of those <laughs> happen in your gym. So kind of exactly what you're saying. Like if you take care of that top tier, they're going to, they're going to help your gym thrive and you're going to know how to serve your gym better and serve them better. And then hopefully more people like them are going to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's great advice. Yeah. 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 Well, that was way more than one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, I was like rambling on. I'm like, I, I've got a few things that I think are like. No, it's okay. But I mean, that's what this is. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a episode of 
advice and tips and hopefully just uh, things that our listeners um, can take away and apply. So you guys, um, Brandon said a lot of great things um, from, you know, stuff with, you know, operational organization, um, getting that down pat in classes to staff meetings, to finding that top 20% and treating them well. Oh my gosh, so important. So um, if there's anything that you can take away from this uh, episode today, do it. And apply it like we can talk all day till we're blue in the face of all these great things that other people are doing but if you don't do it nothing's going to change so brandon seriously thank you so much for being on the show today thanks for giving us all your wisdom and and all the years of experience um and just sharing yeah how you've grown and how grandview has grown as an affiliate that's been really cool so thank you for being on today i really appreciate it i think i lost you for a second oh yeah can you hear me Oh, you froze up on me. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I probably recorded all of that, but I was like, thank you for being here today. So if you want to do like any sort of like, bye, you're more than welcome to. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> That's fine. Do you want to say like a, a goodbye or a sound off or something? No, thanks. No, just thanks a lot for having me, Heather. Um, it was fun. Do it again sometime.